Ezekiel and Joanna. It has been far too long since our last correspondence. Wouldn't you agree? Mr. Washington, I hope this recorder is turned on. I do not enjoy repeating myself. You two have been busy since our last meeting. Busy snooping around, collecting evidence, conducting interviews, solving mysteries. Contrary to what you may believe, I have kept a keen eye on you since your disappearance from the docks. Mr. Jacobs should have known better than to harbor fugitives. I will have to have a discussion with him, although he is allowed certain privileges given his position. Will you get to the point? You've got some nerve sending the chief after us, tying us up and dragging us here, taking all of our stuff. I will ask you to watch your tone, Joanna. I will ask you just once. You fail to see the benevolence in my meeting you again. People have disappeared for doing far less than the treason you two have committed. Treason? That's hardly a fair accusation. All we've done is talk to a few people. I am the judge of what is fair and what is unfair in this town. I am the jury by which you are tried, and if necessary, I will personally oversee your execution. Now, I know all about your little trip to the far side of the island. I know about your trespass into my private property. Did you know about the people being held there? All of the people who are dying there? Ghosts. The only thing you'll find in that prison are ghosts, and they are beyond help. It is unfortunate that you happened to stumble upon that dark place. But now that you have, I am in need of your help. That's a laugh. And just what makes you think we would help you, even if we could? Necessity. I am in a position in which I am able to help you, and you are in a position in which you are able to help me. And the cause is most noble, I assure you. The harsh reality of our situation is that the existence of Gomorrah is threatened. What it is threatened by, or how much time we have left, I cannot say. The oracle, you see, the harbinger of Gomorrah's demise, is the clock tower. The clock tower is a peculiar thing. It has been here since Gomorrah's founding, but no record of its construction exists. And for as long as it has stood, it has never worked, except for two occasions. It worked for about a week in my adolescence, and it began to work again after your appearance, Mr. Washington. Gomorrah is a special place. Each Whitaker works to protect the purity of this place. My great-grandfather named this place Gomorrah, yes, but this is our Eden. The strangeness and the peculiarities are a very small price to pay for our own little piece of heaven. You are not the ones paying the price. And that's where you're wrong, Joanna. Like I said, the clock tower rang once when I was a teenager. That week will be etched into my memory forever. I believe I was sitting right where you are now the first time I heard it. I thought it was a curious thing. I had always been told the clock tower was broken. I wanted to ask about it, but when I looked at my father's face, the fear etched on his face was nothing I had ever seen before. He stood from his desk and began to run from his office. I called after him, but he was running like all the denizens of hell were on his heels. I watched him from the window as he ran all the way to the clock tower. From then on, he ignored his mayoral duties, 
He spent every day at the tower. My mother had to bring his meals there. Any business that could not be ignored was given to my hands. I was, after all, spending all of my time learning everything there was to know about keeping Gamora afloat. I never visited my father at the tower. I spent the entire week in his office, but I watched him from this very window. I saw everything he tried to do to prevent the clock from working. At first, I believe, he tried the rational things one would do, removing gears, cutting off power, things of that nature. But he quickly discovered that a rational solution has no meaning in a place such as this. The second day, I watched him try to use a hammer and nails to keep the hands from moving. On the third, he tried to pull the hands off with ropes. On the fourth day, he tried to remove them himself, cutting his hands on the metal. On the fifth day, I thought he had given up. He just stood in front of the tower all day, craning his neck up to stare at it. On the sixth day, he came back into the office. He looked like a shell of his former self. He was no longer the man I admired. He was a wastrel. His eyes were bloodshot, clothes filthy. He was unwashed, and his hands had blood on them. He looked at me and said, I figured it out. I figured out how to stop it, but I know it will start again. When it does, it will be up to you to stop it. And then he left. He went back to his clock tower. On the morning of the seventh day, I watched him as he stepped onto the ledge of the tower. I didn't know what he intended to do, but all I could do was watch. As the chimes began, he threw himself from the top of the tower. I watched from beginning till the end. That was the day that I understood what being a Whitaker was about. We are the guardians of this place, and we will risk everything to keep this place perfect. But this place isn't perfect. You know that. People are always disappearing and dying. No one is safe. It is a small price to pay. Even the Whitakers have paid it. We all have. However, with the chimes of the clock resuming, I know that danger is on the horizon. You may see me as a harsh man, but I do care for our citizens as much as I care for this place. I want to know how to stop the end. I need to know. Unfortunately, I do not have the means to do the research required to find the answers I seek. However... We do. You want us to work for you? Everything I have done has been for the good of Gamora. I would like for us to have a truce. You two will have free access to the town. Everyone will understand they are to cooperate with you and answer all of your questions. In exchange, Mr. Washington will have his story, and you both will be free to leave whenever the work is done. If you think you can buy us off that easily, you- Joanna, I'm sorry, but I am actually speaking to Mr. Washington. Frankly, your involvement in this is of little interest to me. Although there was a time when I thought your arrival had caused the clock tower to work all those years ago. I'm now under the impression that it was actually your father. What do you mean? Oh, I must have forgotten to mention. The day the clock tower began to work all those years ago was the same day you and your family arrived to Gamora. I have the immigration document here. Family of three, Samuel, Emil, and Joanna seeking refuge from an unknown entity. 
anomalous, unknown entity. Paid triple what is usually asked for the ferry, both seemed frightened even after docking, requested to reside in anonymity until they seek to join the community. As you can see, your parents paid handsomely to hide here. I believed it had been something to do with you, but I may be wrong. What does anomalous, unknown entity mean? Ah, well, that is also something I could help you with. I have a file with your name on it, literally and figuratively. That information can be all yours, if you help me. We'll do it. Ezekiel! Joe, this makes the most sense. We get the information we want, and then we get to leave the island. Please, just trust me. Fine. Oh, wonderful. I do so love a happy ending. Now see yourselves out. You'll find Gina's car with a full tank of gas out front. I also took the liberty of supplying you with two packs of cigarettes. I know that those are good bargaining chips. I'm not quite sure why. It's such a nasty habit. Off you go. Feel free to come back with any information. My door is always open to my constituents. <laughs> it's been two days since our talk with the mayor. We both seemed to be on autopilot as we walked out of his office. We got in the car and drove right back to the motel. Daniela was sitting in her usual spot in the parking lot. She handed us the keys to our mayoral suite rooms and asked for ten cigarettes as payment and shuffled off to God knows where. The bitch of it all is, the so-called mayoral suites are the same damn rooms she put us in in the first place, at triple the rate. At least she cleaned them first. I haven't been recording because, well, I need to rest. All the excitement that I was feeling before is gone. I'm just emotionally, mentally, and physically drained. You know, usually when I feel like this, Mike is always there to cheer me up. If he were here, he'd, well, he'd probably make me do some stupid yoga video or try some mindful meditation. I miss him. I've given up on trying to call. I've given up on trying to email him. I've given up on everything except this story. I don't know. I don't know if I have the energy to keep going. The secrets are becoming too much for me to bear. And I know if I'm hurting, I can only imagine what Joe is going through. The pain she must be experiencing. No amount of yoga or meditation can take away the grief she's feeling. I told her we would take a break. Just a few days to clear our heads and rest. Then, then we're going to find out what the hell is wrong with this place. We will find out the secrets of Gamora. And now with the mayor's blessing, nothing will stand in our way. Good evening, listeners. Looks like a storm front is headed our way, but hey, what's a little rain going to stop us from doing? Absolutely nothing. I don't even need an umbrella in here. Well, there is a leak, but that's only in the corner of the room there. Nothing that will keep your good old faithful Martin from broadcasting to you all day, every day. Every day. Anyway, I just wanted to say that I am so thankful for each and every one of you that tunes in. Without all of you, I would just be a man talking to himself in a small, cold, dilapidated room. 
It brings me so much joy to bring all of you entertainment, and I hope I can continue to do so for many, 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 many years to come. I have some exciting news for you all. Joanna and Ezekiel are no longer public enemies number one and two. Our gracious and benevolent mayor has forgiven their transgressions, and they are now allowed to integrate back into society. Don't be surprised if those two super sleuths knock on your door to speak to you soon. Hey, you two, glad to have you back. Have a piece of pie at the diner, on me. Also, if you do happen to have some pie, stop by the station and give me some. And some cigarettes. I know you have some. I know you have cigarettes. I know you have a fresh supply waiting to leave your pocket. Well, that's all for now. I'm signing off to see if I can do anything about this water. Hello, everybody, and thank you once again for listening to the Gamora podcast. That was the season finale of season one. That was it. That was season one. Thank you guys so much for all of your support, for your shout outs, your follows, your reviews. We appreciate everything you guys have done for us in the podcasting community. We will be back with season two sometime in 2019. Please follow us on Twitter for all updates. And we will have some stuff for you in the meantime, so make sure you check us out on social media. Yes, possibly some some voice acting positions and some merch coming through for you guys very, very soon. Thank you once again, and we hope you loved season one. We'll be back next year.